the Amateur Skeptics present Conan the Breatharian. The Amateur Skeptics podcast is not safe for work, much less human consumption. Hello and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics podcast number 181. I'm your host, Brian. Joining me this evening, Mad Cat. Hello, hello. And Mac. And Cappy. And Cappy. And of course, we have Ian. Hey! And we also have the dumbass himself. Standing limply at attention. <laughs> How was everybody doing this evening? Good. Yeah, pretty good. Okay. Bad. Yeah. Got out earlier today and went and saw the fifth Transformers movie. I'm sorry. That's what I saw what I was thinking. <laughs> I'm not. There's a new Transformers movie? Uh. Yeah. <laughs> that's the appropriate response, actually. Yes. <sighs> no, actually, that's not the appropriate response. Yeah. Because they've been coming out fairly like clockwork. So the to feign surprise is not appropriate. <laughs> and that they've been getting worse with each one. I'm, I'm not sure what part of my reaction could be described as surprise. Probably more like disappointment. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know they can only wreck your childhood once. You realize that, right? After it's wrecked, it's wrecked. True. Well, they sen- so, certainly didn't wreck it for me when they had Weird Al doing a voice on it. They did? Oh, yeah, that was yeah. in your childhood. No, he didn't do a voice. He did a song for... Um, actually, no, it is actually in your... You're incorrect in, in the Transformers animated series. He played Rekko. Uh, the animated? Okay. Transformers animated. I avoided yeah. that. that. Like was not back a... in the 80s? No, that yeah. was a fairly recent one. Oh. Yeah, that was actually uh, that was actually after the first the first live action film. Oh, Which, this is a new one. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I guess there's quite a few new animated series out too. But but onwards. All right. So I'm I'm getting ready for Comic Con this weekend. Although I doubt we'll have this out by the time of Comic Con. Probably not because because it's next weekend, right? Yes. The so it probably it probably won't come out till you know Sunday or Monday. So right. probably not. And on um, Brian's a bit jealous because on Sunday I get to moderate a panel with Scott Ziegler. Yes, give him hell. Wow. <laughs> so that's going to be good pretty cool. You. Yeah, do you, have you come up with some good questions for him about you know about his world and you know about well, his books? That, no, actually, it wouldn't be directed at him. Um, oh. The moderator's the topic is um, I think it was, the panel's called "Are We Having Fun Yet?" and it's about putting humor into dark fiction. Oh, so he's not just going to be talking about his stuff. It's not his panel. It's a general right. panel. Oh. There, there'll be other pan- four, uh, three other panelists. I'm okay. the moderator. He's on it, and three others, two of which I know personally. No, only one of which on that one. The other two I've never met. But it but, sounds um, like he's the only one that matters. <laughs> uh, yeah, as a moderator, I kind of have to make sure that isn't the way it comes across. But it's true. <laughs> it, it sounds like it's true. He's the only <laughs> one that I think matters. He's the biggest name on it, but... <laughs> Still, gotta make sure everyone gets a chance at it. I mean, has like, anybody else on the panel had put uh, have a bu- book on the what is it? What is the uh, the list? New York uh, Times bestseller. Yeah, there list? you go. Any any of um, the others? I don't believe so. Okay, so so he is the only one that matters. <laughs> but once more, as a moderator, I gotta be good. Make sure everyone gets to talk. Yeah, but you don't even matter. Only he does. That's true. That, that, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I yes, mean, he, you are special. He is the dark overlord, and it, what he says goes. So, you know, just watch yourself. <laughs> no, no, I'm moderator. What I say goes. Mm, well, I mean, I know that you believe that. <laughs> <laughs> and then once more, I'm pimping myself out here, people. Um, I did it like a month or so ago for one of my stories. This is actually a follow-up story called Can't Go Home Again. It's in the um, 
Divided States of America universe, and it it it's it, it, it's more or less a sequel, but you can um, don't need to read the first one to read this one because the last one was What Lies in the Wastelands. So can't go home again. Same universe. So, um, one of the same characters. Uh, actually, more than one of the same characters, but some of the same characters. Uh, and it's a follow-up story, but both of them are independent, so you can read either one and be fine. But I recommend getting both and reading both of them. Ian, you say you're pimping yourself out, but I've never seen you wearing a big fur hat, nor have I seen you putting yourself out on a street corner. <sighs> no, that's my girlfriend's job. Pimp, pimp me out that way. It is? Yep. Oh, well, we'll have a discussion with her about how that's going. Hey, we've been having a lot of fun over on our uh, Facebook page as well, and uh, and Mike Bowler came in and joined us, so that was great. And I, and I was thinking, you know, he hasn't put out um, a conspiracy or what conspiracy, the skeptic side of conspiracy in a while, but it sounds like he's doing like four other podcasts. So four other, wow! It seems like he sounds sounds like he's got a lot of other things going on. Is 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 that true, dumbass? Did you know? Yeah, yeah, he hasn't he hasn't been uh, active on uh, on his main one for a while, but I, I do know he's been doing stuff with other people. Okay, well, he should he should let us know what all he's up to. So maybe he'll get the message if he. It sounds like he might listen to this podcast. He is a very knowledgeable and intellectual type of guy, yes, and he is. I always enjoy hearing what he has to say. So you know, hearing more from him is always a good thing. There you go. Okay, you don't have to say any more, dumbass. He's you. I got it. <laughs> I really like that Brian guy. Yeah. <laughs> Brian's cool. Oh, hey, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Well, do we have anything else? Nothing fun. Okay. Well, then, uh, Mad Cat, you know okay. what it's time for. Well, then, then that's another one in the can. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I'm sorry. I thought you meant that you didn't have anything else on the document. <laughs> well, let's back up. Let's back up. Because Mad Cat knows what it's time for. Ah, yes. It is that time again. Once again, masturbation moment. Yay! Woohoo! <laughs> The Amateur Skeptics present Ian's Masturbation Moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire, bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves. I feel compelled to mention you can't back up a train wreck. <laughs> I suppose that's probably true. Oh, I, I hear Madcat's <laughs> husband. <laughs> he's asking if he should ask or if it's better off that he does not know anything. You could let tell him know that he's don't ask, don't tell. Things. You could you could let him know that it's masturbation time and he's will he's absolutely um he can participate if he'd like. It's masturbation time, love, and you can participate if you like. <laughs> <laughs> la 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 <laughs> <laughs> Is he gonna do it? Nope. Oh, <laughs> sounds like he's covering his ears. <laughs> yes. <Right>. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, tell him, I, tell him in honor of the uh, Transformers movies. Tell him we don't have to call it that that if it makes him uncomfortable. We can call it his special alone. <laughs> his special alone. Well, he's not alone for it. So. <laughs> okay. Are we ready? Yep. We Let's are go. ready. Pornography is not to blame for erectile dysfunction. Now, I think that um, – isn't that one of the myths that we've talked about prior to this? Um, I believe so. Yeah. I was, 
We, we've talked about um, we talked about a number of th- uh, like I know like I did a, a huge thing on um, uh, the the way you masturbate. P- people have been claiming erectile dif- dysfunction based on a number of things, and they're all self-reported. I remember okay. I think you know one of the first things I did when I joined up with you guys, I did like a, a huge segment like masturbating, uh, the pressure, like laying on your stomach and... Traumatic masturbation. Syndrome. No, it was prone yeah. masturbation. Prone masturbation. That's what it was called, yes. I did a thing on prone masturbation. A lot of people, very convinced that their erectile dysfunction is based on the way they masturbate. And then the, uh, in addition to that, there are a lot of things that people blaming erectile dysfunction on their use of porn. Right. And, and so, and so like, is... w- without, like, this is a lot really just self-reported without any scientific backing, and this is kind of research that challenges all of that. Right, exactly. So this so this article here that, that I put up, basically, it, it comes down to something real simple, that if you're having relationship problems, it may just be difficult to get it up. And, right. and what, the, what they're saying is that, that the... Uh, that the porn watching and the erectile dysfunction has more to do with the fact that the relationship is, it may not be working is that what I got out of this. And so in this one, and I, I have two articles um, about this. Um, one is of course much more detailed because it was by an actual uh, psychologist. But I mean, this idea that pornography is causing, I mean, it, it, it's like, it's the big boogeyman for a lot of people right now. It, it, it's something that it's, it's easy to blame for all these other problems when, when really it's, it's not the cause of any of them, but that, I mean, basically, that's that's what I got out of this is that that that, that these these people have other problems in the relationship that that's right. probably causing the erectile dysfunction, and and being in an unhappy relationship can cause erectile dysfunction. Yeah, and I think sexual health is one of those things that, like, especially I mean, like regular health too. Like, people can be can fall into a lot of traps and trying to self-diagnose and figure out exactly what is causing them these problems but sexual health is a lot of it is in the mind yeah right and so you know people uh, naturally gravitate to to things that they can really put the blame on when most of the time sexual situations the the problems people are facing are very Stress complex related. and they, they have a lot of uh, a lot of factors involved in them and simplifying it and saying oh uh, I've been looking at naked ladies online, and that has caused me to, you know, become dysfunctional in in, in my relationship and get the uh, erection problems is, is much too simplistic. Yeah, for- yeah. This, so this particular piece of research focused on 335 men in relationships. Um, they measured erectile dysfunction. They uh, masturbation and X-rated films and um, and collected the basic information and, and I guess age was also included. The data showed 22% of men reportedly preferred watching porn instead of having sex with their partner. It says while 28% chose masturbation instead of intercourse with their partner. The data showed 22% of men reported they pref- oh that they preferred it, but 28% of uh, men masturbated instead of having. Um, Intercourse with the partners. I'm imagining uh, there's a lot of overlap between those two groups. I would imagine. Uh, even more interesting, the study also found men who chose masturbation were unhappy in their relationships. And I think that's the key right there. Because mm-hmm. if you're not happy in a relationship, you're not going to want to have sex with your partner. Well, it is right. quite possible, too, that the partner expects a little is too it? much. Yeah, so they were unhappy in relationships and even more reported difficulty maintaining erections. Um, and, and masturbation can and most often is a uh, a positive aspect to a person's sex life, 
um, even and especially maybe especially when they have a partner. Sure. Yeah. And even in this case, we're, they're not they're they're not demonizing masturbation here. That they're saying that that the that we have a certain you know if, when people are unhappy in relationships, I mean they, they this becomes their outlet. But um, but it doesn't tell me when the erectile dysfunction happens, if it happened with the partner or if it even happened while masturbating. It doesn't seem to go into that unless I'm missing. Mm, doesn't go into very much. Yeah. So except the basics here. Right. But I, I guess the, the main thing that for me was that, you know, the, we can they blame porn for everything. Right. I mean, yeah, I, I blame it for my cheese going bad. I mean, <laughs> and, and I mean, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a weird thing, because if you're if you've got a partner and you want to get bring that partner's sexual pleasure, you don't necessarily need an erection. Yeah. There are many ways to have sexual fun with a partner, even if you don't have an erection. And uh, I think there's this pressure on a lot of men that can, that can really like be counterproductive and increase their chances of erectile dysfunction. That, oh, they have to have like a huge erection and uh, they, they have to like uh, slam that into the woman in order to cause like true satisfaction when there are a lot of things that you can do sexually with a partner that don't involve actually using your erection. So societally, we are very, very focused toward penetration. Well, because we're prudes. You have, to, you have to have a big tool. You have to give it to her. You have to reach the G spot. You have to have this. You have to have that. Basically. Right. Uh, so sexual uh, psychologist. Dr. Nicholas Renez. H. Yeah. <laughs> Nic- Nicole. But we're, 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 we're turning to Nicholas Cage for sexual advice. Gonna- <laughs> this, this psychologist says that erectile dysfunction is usually what leads to porn use, not the other way around. And and I guess I I mean I, I buy that if there's a problem that you know some you you'd probably rather watch porn and masturbate than you know than have sex with your partner. But it's not Although always that's the a, case. That's a little bit misleading because it implies that the only reason for sexual for for use of porn is sexual dissatisfaction well, when yeah. porn use can be a part of a healthy relationship. No, I think if that, you, yeah, and just healthy if, medium. If you guys coffee. take, I'm oh, sorry. I was going to say, if you take a look at the next paragraph, you will see a sexual psychologist with the best name ever for a sexual psychologist. Okay, which was? Dr. David Lay. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> so, the, actually, this other one, the fi- um, one in five men do this to avoid sex with their partners, is, is also expanding on the same piece of research that they're reporting it. Um, Although the, the 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 headline is very misleading with that one, it is extremely misleading because once again that the 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 problem arose before they hit the before you know they they led. But but to blame porn, you know, for a relationship that's already gone south. I mean, the idea that, that what what this is saying here is that the relationship already had problems, and so the person turned to porn, right? And but you're but Dumbass is right. That's not the only reason to watch porn. I mean. I don't. I don't. I don't need a reason. Comedy. <laughs> Comedy is well. It's, it can be awfully funny. <laughs> Some of it can. Believe me. Just watch hey, the I, one that has Sylvester Stallone in it. That's hilarious. I saw a. I saw a adult movie once that had every time there was a sex scene, they introduced it with music from the People's Court. <laughs> I'm serious. It would start. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> and I'm watching this going, this, this may be the best thing ever. 
<laughs> I guess so, like Jaws. You know, I mean, the, here's the thing: is that the porn use is probably not going to ultimately help the relationship, right? And unless unless these two, if by some reason you know it, it's an outlet, and then they can deal with the rest of their relationship, maybe. I mean, but porn porn is just a a thing, right? I mean, it's not. It's a. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a not... way. It's a way to explore your um, masturbate your sexual fantasies. Sure. <laughs> and your um yeah you, know, you know like the the things that you like and you, it's a, it's a way to explore your own feelings about things and i think in that way it can be a very good benefit i think people give too much power to porn though i think that that blaming it for your erectile dysfunction blaming it for your for your relationship you know not not working out i think that's that's the problem is that they're 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 looking for an excuse instead of dealing with the actual problem when they I blame so, porn too. all right sex like museum Sex Machine Museum. What do we got here? <laughs> that one's a museum that uh, shows a whole bunch of sex machines and what they were used for. So where is this museum? Um, I don't know. <laughs> you <laughs> didn't care about that piece, of it, right? You just thought you just wanted to look at the machines. <laughs> I said looks that like it's top. looks I like it's in Czechoslovakia. Oh, okay. Well, I saw a couple of them in a few of those pictures of uh, some other pictures I had noticed of other things but uh which were not as happy as just sex machines for fun time but you know uh, i think yeah i think these museums should be a lot more common actually they should be a part of maybe a lot of sex shops or something it, it, like the sex shop could be like the museum like souvenir shop type of deal <laughs> that they go to. and because I, I remember going to a sex shop one time and the um the lady behind the counter she called me over she's like Feel how realistic this fake ass feels. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and what like, did you think of that fake ass? It, and I'm like, oh my god, this, this is this is pretty cool. And the, and I'm thinking that's kind of like an interactive exhibit that you can put in like a, a museum type of setting. One of these looks like it's a surfboard with two dildos. <laughs> More like an ironing. Okay. Yeah. An ironing board with so dildos two, on each end. Yeah. Two women sitting on either side. Rocking back and forth. Whoa, 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 wait. Why do they got to be women? Uh, hey, if you're guy into it, go for it. <laughs> two, two people. people. Two people. Two people sitting on... Uh, it's it's kind of like a seesaw. When two people uh, really, down. really love each other and they have an ironing board with a dildo on each end. <laughs> <laughs> up down, up or down. <laughs> Who said uh, playgrounds have to be just for kids? <laughs> Yeah, that one you do to rock me, Amadeus. Looks like this. <laughs> one of these is some sort of a chastity device. It looks like. I'm not sure. Some of the others. Yeah, are you talking about the weird belt thing that looks like yeah. it covers? Looks ah, like it. Yeah, I, I wonder that looks, one. Right. It looks like it'll. You could fit your penis and then your nuts in there. Yeah, yeah. and and still ha and it'll air it out. It has all the air holes. Yeah. So I mean, and if a woman wanted to wear this, who am I to say right? <laughs> but it kind of looks like this geared towards men. Because yeah, it yeah. wouldn't quite work as a strap-on. No, no, because the the thing's in the way. Yeah, I think that's one of the uh, that's one of the to make sure that you don't masturbate, masturbate. right? Yeah, yeah, possibly. Yeah, because there were quite a few um, quite a few devices which they used to stop men and women from masturbating. Sure, and then and then this, this other ones looks like there's they look like masks. So yeah, I guess just better stuff play. here. Yeah, yeah. And of course, also Thanks. interesting cock rings with spikes and stuff on yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I do have to say about the the apparent anti-masturbation chastity device, I can see how it might be done. <laughs> oh, actually, uh, those pictures on the 
page that I put there that we're probably not going to go through. There's some in there. Yeah, there's a lot. All right. Well, that, yeah. that's cool. So so you think it's in Czechoslovakia? I think it's in Czechoslovakia. But I think Dumbass is right. And I think right. that it would require a tuning. I, that would, I think that would be an awesome – I think that would be awesome. You, you have a new sex a, museum. That you the take thing. The, you show them all these things, and then the gift shop is you know, is, is the sex shop. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, so you put a, a crystals or an Adam and Eve up front, and, you know, and then you show them the, you know, all the, all the others, the old stuff. It's great. Sounds like a party. Actually, I didn't know that Adam and Eve had a retail store until I was driving around Houston, and there's one in there's one in Houston. Really? What? But yeah. Texas has the rules against how many dildos you can have. I well, I don't. I, those we know that those were overturned, right? So that's not true anymore. And so I didn't go into the shop, but. Oh, so we were down looking at the Rainbow Walk. Um, we we have a so it's a crosswalk that they that they put um for pra- yeah I see. yeah for Pride Day. Um, mm-hmm. and they and so and it's actually it's down in that area. So that's why I saw it. It was cool. Speaking of things that are newly legal, that that duel between us is now legal here in Canada, Brian. <laughs> Excellent. I'm. I'll, to, I'll get me a tuna. Fish <laughs> by a tuna. Is that the one? Well, I did threaten yep. to slap him with the tuna. I mean, I it, it's on record. I mean, it's everywhere. <laughs> that is true. Fascinating because you, I don't feel like um, like I'm depending on anything. In those moments, if I choose to drink something or eat something, it's not ever because I feel hungry. I don't remember what that sensation feels like. I have lived two pregnancies now, also in this state, and I think it's also interesting to note that in these experiences, I also don't feel hunger. Let's move on to breatharianism. All right, yeah, this is this That's is good. something uh, like I, I found an article on this here, and I realized, hey, we've never talked about this specific thing, and I know that other. Uh, Skeptics have talked about this, including the great James Randi. Yep. And I believe uh, we both read his book, Flim Flam, and I believe he talks about it uh, in there. Both me and Brian is what yep. I'm talking about here. Uh, apparently, like, whenever a lot of the time these breatharians are put, like, uh, under scrutiny, but, you know, like, they're not, not that much scrutiny. Pe- people, like, leave them alone for so much time and allow them the opportunity to sneak out and buy fast food or whatever. And, uh, Randy was like uh, obviously a, a skeptic of them, and, and he's like, "Hold on, you know." He he keeps watching. He's like, "Wait, I caught you sneaking in with your fast food there." Yep. And basically, these Breatharians are all pretty much liars because they say things like, "Oh, I," uh, especially the couple in this article claims like, "Oh, uh, um, didn't uh, didn't have a drop of food or drink." For like three years, yeah. uh, so, and now I and now I'm teaching this class to other people on how to become breatharians. It, it, to breatharians quote, or breatharians? I'm not sure where, yeah. what exactly. The... To, to quote you, dumbass, you said, "If you claim you didn't eat anything for three years, you're a fucking liar." Yes, <laughs> I, I did use strong language on that, <laughs> but yes, you are, in my own words, a fucking liar. <laughs> you. <laughs> You are lying, and you are bilking people out of their money, teaching them a bullshit discipline on that, that you can live off of, like the, the energy of the universe well, without actually, uh, any food or water or anything. Actually, I do live off the energy of the universe. Yeah, in a recycled well, in fashion. Form. 
Yeah. Well, no, it's it's filtered through plants and animals. <laughs> I eat the plants and the animals that 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 collect that energy, but I do live off the energy. So indirectly, the they're talking about directly. Yeah, they're talking well, about living off of. Nobody does that. <laughs> you look into this some, and the people they use to prove their point are people that go like four days without food. You could go four days without food. Well, this article that claims, actually, it, but that's not proof that you can go you know years. This this but that, that yeah. that's one of the things they use for proof. Look, that person, he only drank water for four days and survived. It's like, yeah, that's completely, totally possible. Four days. <laughs> yeah, there are people who have survived in mind for that amount of time yeah. drinking their own urine. Husband so, Ricardo, 36, believes breatharianism is an ideal way to slash people's food bills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would I be. thought you were going to say that's one doing it. Uh, Ricardo... Te- uh, who teaches courses about Breatharianism, uh, along with Castillo, explains there is a freedom that comes from not being attached to dependency on food. It's called death. Well, wait, he's like, <laughs> what the fuck are they teaching him? What the fuck do you and, need and to this know? Is, this, is, this is very dangerous medical advice, too, because they'd be con- convincing people to fast, and pe- maybe people who get like really too into this and um, decide... Oh, I, I don't actually need food. They're, they're going to be uh, possibly harming their health this way. Well, they have a child. Is the child also doing it? They have two. Well, they, they have two children. And what, what they say is, is kind of bullshit because they say, oh, well, we, we don't feel like we should, you know, impose our breatharianism on our children. They're, you know, we're, we, we make them aware of it and uh, that is an option for them. But we'll, we'll let them decide when they get older. And it's like, dude, if you think this is the best way to live and that you, you can actually – you know, thrive without taking in food. That should be something that you'd be, you should be teaching to your children from day one. So it's bullshit that you're not, and you, you don't even believe in this yourself. So fuck you. <laughs> I, I think that uh, that letting their children know about it, but not subjecting them to it, is actually a pretty ethical thing to do. Letting their children know about it at least gives the children the opportunity to help out the coroner with the autopsy by letting them know. <laughs> so. Castillo explains, I was completely open to changing my food-free lifestyle when I became pregnant because my child comes first, but I just never felt hungry, so I ended up practicing a full breatharianism pregnancy. Bullshit. <laughs> yeah, so what are they trying? I mean, are they trying? They're selling this, right? They're teaching these courses to people, aren't they? I mean, that this is this yep. is what, why they're, they're doing this. It. I mean, they're clearly eating, right? I mean, because... Yeah, they're they're eating in secret. They're they're yeah, you know. I mean, like we're calling uh, them liars. We're calling. I mean, like nobody's probably going to recognize you at the grocery store that you're buying food. And I and I suppose if you're a parent buying food, you can always say, "Oh, I'm buying this for my children. I'm not actually eating it myself." So that that's an excuse they could probably have if somebody catches them. But most of the time, they're probably just going to get away with it. Nobody's going to recognize them, and they can eat in the privacy of their own home without anybody saying word one. Right. Either way, don't care. <laughs> but they're actually bilking people out of their money for this with, you know, full on lies. And I think uh, pretty much what True. I said is like there, there are things, certain things you can be into and actually believe that you're doing. People um, who uh, who believe that uh, believe in certain alternative medicines or something might actually believe uh, that they're helping people when what they're actually proposing is bullshit. But these guys, they know they're lying. Yeah. You you can't live without food. I mean, and and yeah. every time people have attempted to demonstrate it, they have failed. You know, I mean, and and there's so many claims of this, particularly around India. 
yeah, of these you know gurus that that never eat and, and stuff like that. But when when you actually are, put them are sneaking in this, food, yeah. yeah, when people aren't looking, and you can't look at these people all the time unless you like got them in basically an observation cage. Well, I mean, unless you Don't do, do what, that, what Randy yeah. did, and you bring you 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 put them in an environment where you can monitor them, you know, twenty four seven, and then you know you wait till yeah, them that to... that that's hard to do. You've got to get yeah. people to watch them all the time. You got to get get a lot of stuff, but. You know, Rand, Randy's pretty smart. He knows the tricks that people will get up to, and he will. You, you you get under his thing. He'll catch you if you try to cheat. Right, which he did, and so that's what yeah. he did in Flimflam. He caught this guy, and I and earlier I said he went out to get hamburgers, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, you're right. It, it was just I think it was McDonald's, wasn't it? Yeah, I think. So we don't know um, what I he got. Randy said what he he was that he was caught coming back with uh, with some McDonald's, and um, uh, we don't know exactly what he bought, whether it was meat or. Uh, or whatever, but uh, obviously the guy was uh, eating. Yeah. So there are some videos um, of Randy talking about this on Facebook. Um, from, so yeah, he 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 was covering this. It was 2011 that those videos went up. So it, it, it's a bugaboo for him too. Yeah, I guess it's it's easier to get angry when the people actually realize they're deceiving people. Right, and these people are. I mean, I yeah. I, it isn't like it isn't like somebody who who's doing a psychic reading. They they might actually believe that you know what the, what they're doing, right? But you can't not eat. Right. I can't. Don't try this at home, as they say. Parents convicted over baby killing by alternative diet. So this one is a this one is a couple out of uh, from Belgium. Courts handed down a suspended sentence to a mother and father after seventh month old infant died from malnutrition and dehydration. Now this. The child was seven months old, and when when he, the child died, it weighed uh, 4.3 kilograms, nine and a half pounds. Yeah, I was going to say it was about nine pounds, which yeah. uh, that is not a healthy weight. Uh, barely uh, one kilogram, 2.2 2 pounds more in weight than when he was born. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that that is pretty severe. Yeah. What the hay were they feeding? They, they, they don't even say. They probably thought he looked fat as a newborn. Yeah. Oh. The, the whole thing is called an alternate diet. They don't really go into detail right. exactly what the diet was. So these, I think they mentioned at some point gluten-free. Yeah, they did. They, so they decided at some point that they thought that the child was uh, had a gluten, was gluten intolerant, right? Which isn't a yeah. thing. Um, and so they... So that he he we know that they weren't feeding him bread, um, and even says they did not consult a doctor. Instead, they took advice from clients at the shop and looked on the internet. Right. So they ran a health food shop. So basically, they decided he was gluten intolerant. Yes, and and, and lactose intolerant and lactose intolerant, and yeah. So basically, he, he um the child died of organ failure. His organs shut down, and it says that the organs were shrunk to half their size and without any fat around them. <laughs> You know, I think that we, we we hear so much about fat because we, we probably, I mean, Americans especially eat too much fat. Yeah. But what we forget is that that is actually an important part of our diet, oh, yeah. right? We need it. We need a certain amount of fat um, in our Espe diet to be healthy. Especially when you're young. Yeah, especially the, the, when you're young. The kids yeah. need it. If you ever look at a kid, they normally get a bit chubby right for a growth spurt. Why? Because they're building up all the extra mass they need for the growth spurt. Yeah. Yeah, human breast milk is actually higher in fat than uh, that of other animals. Yep, mm -hmm. absolutely. What confuses me here, it says they did not consult a doctor, court papers show, and stopped going to social care for babies. Why were they going to social care for babies? Because somebody would have stopped them. Somebody would have stepped in. But why were they going to begin with, is I think what she's asking. Yeah, mm -hmm. <clears throat> they stopped going to social care for babies. Well, we don't know. 
We don't know if that's maybe mandated in Belgium. That is possible. Now, of course, one of the comments we all had in the aftermath of this, because we were reading the comments below, right. is the fact that the vegans got upset with this article. There's a whole bunch of vegans that are talking about how this is an attack on vegan, vegan culture. Yet nowhere in the article does it say anything about vegan diet. Yeah, no, it well, just... Yeah, yeah. but you know, you know, we were talking about this also, that vegans are so pale and weak and irritable that they'll take any excuse to go off. And you can send any comments to me at WTF <laughs> at AmateurSkeptics.com. I welcome your scorn. Now, here's a question <laughs> that just popped in my head. Um, if, if you believe in a vegan diet, you obviously don't breastfeed your kid because that wouldn't be vegan. That is um, <laughs> well, that they probably were not breastfeeding their kid. Seven-month-old? I, yeah, I mean, you can that, give the impression they weren't. Yeah, so a seven-month-old should be eating breast milk. Mm-hmm. If, if for any reason you have ever smelled meat, you are no longer vegan. <laughs> no. Because if you've smelled meat, you've taken in meat molecules. You are the strictest vegan of them all. Nope, I'm just simply telling you the truth. I'm telling <laughs> it like it is. Yeah, so I mean, so this story, I mean, it says here that they could appeal the sentence, but the court <coughs> said that they've already given leniency by giving them um, the suspended six-month sentence. I mean, right. Hopefully, these parents realize what they what they did. I mean that that's that's the best thing that can come out of this at the point that they go, okay, we can't. You know, we were wrong, right? Um, but who knows? I mean, they, if they feel like these people do in the comments, you know, and and here's the thing is that the people in the comments are absolutely wrong because the 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 obviously that kid was not getting proper nutrition and hadn't seen a doctor, and if and maybe there was something else going on and. You know, maybe the diet was perfectly fine for a for for another child. We we just don't know, right? It it seems like the 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 article was mistakenly tagged under the vegan tagline. Okay, and that's probably why it, why it brought all the vegans out of the um <laughs> in, in, into the out of the woodwork. Yes, thank you. You know, uh, in in terms of in terms of this, but there there's actually nothing in the article okay. suggesting that the baby had a vegan diet. So there's a, there is another article here that says malnourished vegan child removed from parents uh, custody in Milan, but that's a different article. Different child. Different child. Else, yeah. Right. So, but yeah, it could be that the here's things that we, I don't I don't know that a, that a vegan child a vegan diet is is wrong. Right. They they you, maybe they you, they can't get the proper nutrition, but we don't know what was going on here. No, we don't know. For that matter, we don't know if. If there actually was something where the child was not able to 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 subsist on a diet that actually would be nutritious for another child, um, no, actually, it's so now down here it says that they refused medical help. They re, so uh, the defendants right. knew the <coughs> precautions yeah. ha, precautious health uh, situation of their or precocious anyway. They knew that their that the situation um, uh, of the health of their child was an issue, but yet they refused medical help. Um, in time, the, uh, that's right. what the judge a said. Doctor. They were, yeah, they refused that was the other, medical yeah. help, which means they also refused. They also did not do any testing that might have shown if he did have a nutrition problem. These parents were negligent. I mean, that's what this comes I, down to. I it's agree. not. It 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 doesn't say anything about a vegan diet at this point. No. It just is. You know, these a, lot, a lot of this does come out also of a uh, of of something that comes out of modern society. I think, which is. A lot of people have a big dis- distrust of the medical profession. Yeah, there's that too. Yeah, well, you see it in the doctor. comments. And yeah. they feel like like doctors are uh, like in the extreme cases. A lot of people feel like 
doctors are only there to make you sicker. They they thrive off your medical bills. So of course, what they're doing is they're they're prescribing you things that are only going to make you sicker, so that you keep on coming back to them again and again. And they they pass it off like some sort of huge scam. Yeah. Um, and they feel like modern medicine. That's all that modern medicine is. So I mean, actually, this first comment kind of sums it up. It says, "Cowardly," produced by Leonardo DiCaprio. What the health? Produced by somebody, Phoenix. Uh, watch both these films. The government. Cow, cowspiracy. Is yeah. What is the oh, word. cowspiracy. Okay. Cowspiracy. What? Cowspiracy. Oh, cowspiracy. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got that wrong. Yeah. Uh, go figure. Uh, watch both these films. Our governments. Our governments are owned by big pharma, and they want us to die of die of early disease. Fact. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> They, they don't actually want us to die. In fact, they want us to keep living and keep buying their buying what they're selling, yeah. and they don't want us to yeah. die. That's not we're a not fact. We're not going to make much money if we die off tomorrow. Uh, it's very scary news, and we must all ignore mainstream media outlets like this one because all health industry, big pharma, and meat industry are about to collapse due to public investigation and general knowledge. Also not fact. Okay, so I may not be a great reader, but this guy is not a great writer. No, he's not. <laughs> uh, let me just clarify a point here. I, if, if an adult, if a consenting adult wants to put themselves on a vegetarian or a vegan diet and they can pull it off, great for them. They right. shouldn't necessarily be subjecting their child to that if it's, if it's a health issue. But if they want to do that to themselves, good on you. Do well, it. We have plenty- I, I, cannot, I cannot go on that type of diet. Because I I have uh, I am I am vegan intolerant. <laughs> Shit. You, I, I you have a vegan intolerant a vegan? system. I have a vegan intolerant system. I my diet cannot be changed by people thinking that they can change it to a vegan diet. So, so it's vegan intolerant. We have plenty of data that that sh- that shows that people can live healthy lives on um uh, on a uh, on a vegetarian diet right they have, can live on a vegetarian diet okay and we have um what i have what i've noticed in people that i know who are vegetarian is sometimes they will become intolerant to a certain type of protein and they'll have to find an alternative like somebody right. may become soy intolerant and that takes a huge chunk out of what they would what they would normally so they become, um what they would normally eat and, and that's fine but we don't have as much data on the vegan diet but but once again, this this we're not saying that it isn't possible. But I still my my thing about the vegan diet in particular is that it is um, a very privileged position for people to be able to, to it's, choose it's that very, diet. It's very very first world to be able to choose what that to choose to skip things that are valuable sources of food in order to have things that are actually harder to live off of. It's yeah. very privileged. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I, I think that veganism is in and of itself not ethical enough. So if you're trying to live ethically, <laughs> you should be going to a strict breatharian diet. That way you harm nothing. <laughs> right. Or a lead diet. Or yeah, there, there, that's a good one. Ladies, when you're doing laundry, if you're grouchy about it, are you doing laundry in the love of God? Because when you do laundry in the love of God, you can get a harvest. Truvia pesticide. Yeah. Okay. Let, let's I, it. I came across this in my Facebook feed, and the original article that I hit about this was by Mike Adams, which, of course, you know, did you take your blood pressure medicine after you saw that? Because uh, 
<laughs> I know what he does to your blood pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. No, uh, when it, when I saw the first source on this, it's like, but don't worry, I, I fixed it though because I put science stuff question right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and in fact, and in fact, I should maybe. I mean, in, in, there is a question here. Even though you chose the worst possible source you possibly could, you went to that asshole Mike Mike uh, Mike Ranger. Oh no, what is it? I Mike, didn't uh, choose that source. That's the original source that I oh. found it from. And then that, and then then I added a better source afterwards. Yeah, you did. I but was his not articles... able to find this to be definitely a hoax. I was not able to find this to be definitely debunked, but there's a lot of questions that I have about both articles. Okay, but there is some truth in his article in that they they did do some research that showed that Truvia could that could um, was harmful to fruit flies. Yes, they did verify that Truvia was harmful to fruit flies. However, uh, one of the things that they did not say was whether the fruit flies had access to anything but Truvia. Right. We don't know. And they, I know that we they said that they fed them NutraSweet and they fed them other sweeteners as well. And that the Truvia was the only one that killed them within a week is what this is claiming. Well, no, they had other other populations of fruit flies which were fed saccharin other populations which were fed NutraSweet, etc cetera, etc cetera. so right. they had an isolated population fed truvia and that truvia population died within a week that could have been non that could have been a, that could have been malnutrition so what what is the fruit like fruit flies natural life cycle like 30 days 30 to 90 or, they said 39 right. to 51 is what yeah there you go so i cut it by like a quarter yeah right yeah. And so and so here but here that's not the biggest problem I have with this article because that that's just that's just referencing the research, right? Which may or may yeah. not be good. It may be very poor research. But the the um they're trying to use this <clears throat> they want to use this as a if it if it works, then they can use it as a pesticide that it that isn't harmful to humans because it's been it's been found to be fine in humans at least and, and but they said the FDA found it to, to not be harmful in humans but then he says but also also the FDA said that aspartame was not harmful to humans so I went and I looked that up um, from the National Cancer Society and mm-hmm. even they did say a, did a whole episode <coughs> of that one yeah time. it doesn't cause cancer and it isn't harmful right I mean and and when they do feed this stuff to rats. The amounts that they feed a rats are insane. You 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 are not going to ingest that. So it's it is it all comes back to a matter of dose, right? Even with the fruit flies, if they were given a smaller dose, would probably have been fine. I mean, so yeah. Well, the other thing here in this article is that they're tying it back to GMO. Oh, that was the other they thing are, that pissed they me are, off. They're it's saying that the erythritol, which is the uh, non-nutritive sugar alcohol that the trivia is made from, is made from yeast-fed genetically modified corn derivatives. Right. So they tried to they did market this as a as natural, which uh, we all know means nothing, right? Because because that there is no um, there is no labeling standards for putting natural on food products yeah. right so the company that made this was was sued in a clash action suit because of this thing that because they're using gmos i mean because of and and they're probably i mean i think that they're splitting hairs but there was a settlement right but it never went to court so because it was settled we don't actually know how the courts would have ruled on the whole natural thing so but that part is true that 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 the, those court documents do exist and um, but like I say, it wasn't settled in the courts because they, they gave a settlement and walked away from it. And presumably they won't market it as natural anymore. 
But they, and the reason that they were marketing it as natural is because they could put a, a a premium price on it if they did that compared to like stevia. Yeah, but the uh, the kid who discovered this it was a, it was a it was a schoolboy. Um, the more you get fruit flies to consume erythritol, mm. the faster they die. Yeah. Yeah. Now there's an interesting little corollary that I thought of. You know that the uh, the more you get hummingbirds to consume hummingbird nectar made with artificial sweetener, the faster they die. Also. Yeah, and that could be that that you're just essentially starving them. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, but, no, it is that you're essentially starving them. Right, but here's because the they get no calories. Okay, but it. why does the NutraSweet not kill them as quickly? Are there calories in NutraSweet and saccharin and some of these others? Um, even if there are no calories for humans, there may be something in there that the fruit flies can actually metabolize. Well, that's true. Okay, that that's a, that's a fair point. And um, that's what's not being discussed here is whether it is whether it is unmal it is it is killing them by starvation when these other sweeteners have something that they can actually metabolize or if it's actually a poison. So the results of survival were about the same with even corn syrup. So corn syrup um, actually killed them quicker than Splenda. Equal, so Splenda, Equal, and Sucrose were all about the same. Sweet and low, a little bit earlier, and then Pru, uh, Pruvia. Um, Purevia. Purevia. Yeah, I don't know what that. I yeah. guess it's another, it's another form sweetener. of stevia, right? So this chart shows that the Truvia, so apparently had the least amount of calories for them, right? I guess. Um, I mean, corn syrup, of course, would have calories for them, but I didn't know that Splenda equals sucrose and sweet and low had any sort of calories in. Them. Yeah, usually, um, the artificial sweetener, the the premise of them is that they don't actually contain or a very small amount of calories, like maybe like. The same amount that you get, like a uh, hundred calories, and another thing will give you like ten or one calorie with uh, what you with what you were able to sweeten with the other sweeteners. Right. So the the trick with the artificial sweeteners is that because they're so much sweeter, you use less of them. But maybe in higher doses, maybe they do have calories. Mm. So that could be going on here, and perhaps the Truvia it, in in the higher doses still does not provide a calorie. Yeah, I just think there's a huge assumption going on here. Yeah. Which is that it is a poison and not just simply a situation where that's all they got to eat and that's then they couldn't live off. Right. Of and so that and you're probably onto a onto a really good point here because to use this as a pesticide, it has to it has to actually have an active ingredient that kills the fruit flies. But if but if they have another source of something to eat, then um then all they're gonna do is eat the, the truvia and these other things and they're gonna do fine. Mm-hmm. But yeah. because they're eating Latruvia, they're going to look great. <laughs> right. They're going to look. So, they're going to be really, really slim. Um, they're going to feel healthy. Okay, moth flies. Yeah, but no, but so so Mike Adams here, he wants to slam GMOs and 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 the FDA in this article, and but yet he doesn't have a point. He doesn't have a leg to stand on with this stuff that he's calling here. And GMOs are safe, right? There there has been nothing to show us that GMOs are less safe than you know. The non-GMOs. Well, yeah, but Brian, you're you're completely glossing over and ignoring the fact that the only reason that we see GMOs as safe is because we've been told that by the government that's bribed by the. Uh, I, I thought we were being paid off by the government. No, my check did not. <laughs> my, my check did not clear. Yeah, my check didn't clear either. <laughs> I'm pretty sure nothing. Brian's keeping all of the checks for <laughs> the checks and so, all the money from them, and he's holding out on us, Brian. <laughs> anyway, what? Brian, what gives here? <laughs> anyway, the second article that I found on this was from CBS News, and it had pretty much the same information without the slant. Oh, except for except for once again, um, Mike Adams says that even CBS covered this, and they never care cover health news. 
<laughs> what the fuck is he talking about? Hmm. Um, and there, there, there's an interesting claim. I it says uh, so CBS News. I bet because CBS has a whole health. They cover food stuff all the time. They cover whatever people will will watch, right. so that they could so that they'll see the messages from the sponsors. Yeah. Mm. Uh, by the way, uh, my 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 initial statement that that Sean O'Donnell was the was the schoolboy. Yeah, actually, he was a, bi- a professor of biology, but one of one of the that was the son of one of the researchers that came up this. Okay. Yeah. Here, here's what he says. He says even CP, CV, uh, CBS News three, a mainstream media outlet, rarely covers dangerous dangers of food uh, additives. Covered this story. Okay, so the health rangers jumping on the Trump bandwagon Apparently. with the whole mainstream media hate? Yeah, everybody is now. Our vegan friends did that in the last one, too. Mm-hmm. I bet I bet you could, I mean, I guess, I don't know, CBS 3, is that his local CBS? I bet you they have a whole health food section. I bet they cover dangerous foods all the time. I'm sure they I guess I could spend some time to prove it. But I, I don't know. I, I don't believe any, this guy, everything that comes out of his mouth is usually bullshit. He's the worst guy to go for too for health things, and I don't know about this uh, this other. I, I know nothing about the naturalfacts.org. The, this other um, one that you brought wait up a minute. here, nutritionfacts. Nutritionfacts.org. Wait a minute. Oh. Is, uh, isn't Mike Ra- is Mike Adams? Isn't the health ranger a vegetarian? Uh, I I don't know if he, he is he vegan because if he yeah, is a ve- if he is a vegetarian, there would not be bullshit coming out of his mouth. It would be uh, some sort of <laughs> plant based waste. Oh. <laughs> Well, if if any of you have listened to the thing I did on um, on aspartame, just you know, reviewing a lot of the claims of how it historically got uh, got approved and you know the stuff that it went through, um, but, like there are a lot of claims that oh, it's it's so suspicious how this happened when it, and then when you look into it, it's like well, the the thing that they say is so suspicious happened. That's just a regular thing that happens. <laughs> right. They're they're just making stuff up. Well, that's what that's what the natural news site does is, you know, they they, I mean, he he's he's pulling a thread as much as he can. All right. Let's talk about something else. Okay, Ian, talk about the smartest kid in the world. Oh, good. And (laughs) is uh, is he vegan or vegetarian or Uh, doesn't say anything about his diet? And it's not and and it's not your kid. Right. Because because then we have to call bullshit right away. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I thought you called me now. I'm, I'm calling this segment. Pseudoscience with a question mark because I will let our viewers be the ones to decide whether or not this is actually pseudoscience. No, I'll decide. You you just you just All go right. and then I'll decide. So, um, the, the first article is the one that drew, drew me to um the existence of this kid. The title is "Smartest Kid in the World Reveals CERN Sifted Us into a Parallel Universe." <laughs> okay, so you have this kid, Max Lockin. Actually, interesting enough, Lawless? the article the article I linked to misspells his last name. Ah. Laughing. It, it looks like Laughin. L-O-U-G-H-A-N. Well, wait, I have it here. L-A-U-G-H-L-I-N. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page. Well, I'm looking at this article. Yeah, and, and I'm pretty sure the article... Cause I, I, um, how could we? How could this my, be the smartest kid in the world if we can't even get his name right? That, that would have to be the um, people who wrote the article. Who can't spell. <laughs> oh, you're going to blame them? I'm going to blame them on this one. All right. Because there's a few different spellings out there to look at it, but... Um, when I looked, when I looked into more research, that spelling was not the correct spelling for the kid. Anyways, so he's a 13-year-old who I guess has been doing this uh, ever since this other video thing, which is, I will discuss in a moment, came out. He started doing a series of podcast video stuff on YouTube. 
He also has, um, apparently he has his own company now, although I couldn't figure out what in the world they make. They have a Facebook page. Um, it's, I forget the name of it, something, something LLC. He officially is the main um, person behind it, and it sells nothing so far. Well, but it here's those pictures of him talking about ideas and stuff. So he tagged himself the smartest kid in the world. I, well, I think his parents did. If you look at it, it really feels uh, like his dad's pushing this whole thing. And I'll get into his first video after I talk about his second one, the one that drew me in. So the one that drew me in is this kind of rambling 23-minute long video about him talking about parallel universe and him um, at one point claiming CERN, the, um, the, the mass collider, uh, over in Europe, somehow ha- destroyed the world we were on, and we all got pushed to another world. So he created. So he's so, saying so that they, CERN created the Mandela effect. The Bernstein, uh, Bernstein yes. uh, children's book videos, right? He, he he actually does go into this be um, reasoning for the um, Mandela effect. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and, and he, uh, I I looked up earlier what the Mandela effect actually was, why it was called that, yeah, and well, it, it boils with- it boils down to the belief that. Nelson Mandela died in prison back in the 1980s. Yeah. And we covered this about two months ago, I think, three yeah. months ago on a podcast. Yeah. So if you won't find uh, we actually had a good discussion about the Mandela thing. So go back and look at that. Although he did add one of them in his video talking about Star Wars, because at the end of Empire Strikes Back, everyone swears that, um, originally that um, Vader said, Luke, I am your father, instead of no, I am your father. But if you look at the context, Luke, I am your father wouldn't have fit there. So I that that's just... Yeah. But anyways, so wait, wait, hold on. The... Search your feelings. You know that to be true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I thought I thought that actually in the end of the Empire Strikes Back, Vader said, "I am Shazam." <laughs> <laughs> All right, go so, on. Tell me more about the smartest kid in the world. I am Batman. <laughs> so the video is the kid talking for about twenty minutes about parallel universes and all this stuff. And it felt to me like basically all he had done was seen all the stuff about parallel universes and talked about because he doesn't give any actual science. His whole evidence is the existence of the Mandela effect. And he goes into parallel universes and talk about it all. And it's some interesting ideas and concepts, most of which I've heard before elsewhere that we've talked about on the podcast. So it didn't feel like anything in there was new. But his dad kept edging him on, kept encouraging him, said, oh, this is great. You're so brilliant. Oh, my God. Tell us how brilliant you are. Throughout the whole video, that's what it felt like. Okay. And okay, so I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna so, I'm gonna stop you right now. I'm gonna fix your segment, and I'm taking the question mark off of pseudoscience, and I'm putting an <laughs> apostrophe there. Okay. So <laughs> then, now the the, the um, Maxer got famous for a couple about a year or so ago. He supposedly created a free energy machine. Oh God! And I, I I linked to the video. If if you want to look at the video, you can watch it. Um, an interview with him. And we know he's a genius in the video because he wears a lab coat all the time and he solves a Rubik's cube. So right <gasps> there, I, he's a genius. He's a pure lab coat Rubik's cube. We know how brilliant he is. So what, the only other sure test would be wearing a colander with a bunch of wires on your head. <laughs> I, I got to give it to him because all I have is his handful of condoms. <laughs> but so he he he. On first uh, science fair, he put this free energy machine together, being inspired by Nicholas Tesla. Um, (laughs) Now, I I tried to look up the stuff on the free energy machine. You can't find much about it. It does power a string of LED lights that he puts over his brother in the interview. However, everything I could find says that all he did was recreate a radio, um, a crystal radio, which is a technology which has been sold as a toy for like 50, 60 years now. 
I actually uh, had a Steve Austin toy that came with a crystal radio backpack. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, that is funny. So the, the scientists that looked at what he did said all he did was create a um, interesting version of the crystal radio. Um, okay. And this was when he created the crystal radio. What's the date? I know there's a date here. I thought it was the date. I can't find the date he created the crystal radio. Or right, the, the free energy machine. But it's been a couple years, and we've seen nothing more on that. Yeah, is but there like a they, patent? Does he have a? Did, was he able to get a patent? Um, not that I know of. The answer is no, because they don't give patents on those. Yeah, but it's a great free energy machine. So, one of the things I noticed with all the stuff I found about this kid is it really seems like his dad is big on telling the whole rest of the world how brilliant he is. Now he seems like a brilliant kid. I'm not. I'm not saying he's an idiot or necessarily even a con artist. He seems, if you look at the stuff, there is almost a brilliance to him. He does seem smarter than um, the average kid his age. I don't deny that one bit. Well, but, but wait a second. Hold on. Where's he coming up with this stuff? That That's the real question because yeah. it, because it's nonsense. He's he's not getting real facts out. Well, no. Well, actually, yeah. I, I, I haven't watched all his videos, but the stuff I've seen, he is into the pseudoscience stuff, which doesn't necessarily mean he's stupid. Which I, I don't no. want to say this kid's no, no. an idiot or even necessarily a con man. He's young. And like I said, I get the strong impression that his father has a lot of influence on him and is stirring him certain direction. Right, so that, well, that people, could be... People who are into conspiracy theories and alternative ways of looking at things are often really smart. Right, that's true, yeah. Uh, yeah. And like I said, the, the kid seems right, although he's a self-appointed theoretical physicist. He has no degree or anything, but he calls himself a theoretical physicist. You know, even the boy, even the, the from the... Uh, the book, the boy who played with fusion, he did, he he actually is a certified genius, and he doesn't go that far. Yeah, there's a certain level of ego and ambition here that's a bit much. That that's mm. one of my problems with everything I could find on the kid. Um, and like I said, he's he has his own company now that I can't find what they do. They exist purely for him to show that hey, look, I'm a genius. L- listen to me say I'm a genius without actually making any money off of it somehow. <laughs> so it. it but he's gotten a lot of attention. Um, uh, oh, apparently he's taking um, college-level courses at age 14. And once okay. more, like I said, he definitely he proves be, to be yeah. a smart kid. But here's the thing. Here's the problem is that they're calling this a theory and it's a hypothesis. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're talking about science. So we need to use scientific terms, and this is a hypothesis at best. Yeah, right. but if it's a hypothesis, it's also be Yeah. Well, and that's one problem with the whole alternate universe thing. He doesn't give any rational science behind it. He doesn't give any way to test it. He just, the Mandela effect exists. Turn destroyed the universe. I don't know. I, I, that's one I love. Is, okay, Turn destroyed the universe. We got pushed over one. Everyone else got pushed over one? And did we do a big circle tell some people in one universe fell into a universe that doesn't exist? And or how would we, we like know? Merge, how would or? we know? If that if that actually happened, yeah. how would we know? Yeah. There's nothing given in his um, video as to how you can test that or how... You can actually look into saying, okay, this is the evidence. The Mandela effect stuff that we've talked about it exists. We won't deny that. Um, but we also have talked about the human mind and um, how memories can be manipulated. Um, actually, so, actually you, can, you can know about being moved into an alternate universe in exactly the same way that I was able to detect that everything in my apartment was stolen and replaced with an exact replica. <laughs> right. So, I mean, re- remember um, Stephen Hawking's when he was doing all of his USO theories. What, part of it was information theory, and he came up with this idea that other physicists disliked, and they finally and they and they finally were able to you know to take apart that 
information was was being was disappearing into the black holes and so and but if that's happening how would you know right it's, right. it comes back to the same kind of thing if, if 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 all of a sudden you know something disappears from the universe how would we know right I, I, it's it's just it's just it, even if it's true it's it's how, how would you how would you know right and so you know it, I, I just like someone on Facebook posted the video of the kid and it's like, okay, this sounds way out there and I had to do the research. And it's interesting how little research, how, how much little information there really is about everything he's talking about, yet he's getting this acclaim as being this smartest kid in the world. You know, everything behind him just like, yeah, this is being a bit hyped, people. Yeah, I think that that seems awfully true. Well, dumbass and I think that to know, you would have to have been changed into a toy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. There's an episode of uh, show we watched that had people change into a toy and everyone who forgot them. Mm. Mm. Yes, As I, I remember talking that. about the thought you were referencing back to the the Barbie lady breatharianism. <laughs> mm. No. Well, it is interesting, and you're probably right that he probably is a smart kid. That, that that's probably not really what's what's up for a question here. The question is where is he getting his information, and right. why does what and, and why does he believe it? He seems like a really intelligent kid, particularly when he wears the lab coat. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget the Rubik's Cube. And I love how on the video, that's the what shirt. they showed. The shirt's good. Yeah. I can solve a Rubik's Cube. You just take a screwdriver, <laughs> you pop one piece out. You can, find you... It, you can find YouTube videos on how to solve a Rubik's Cube, and you practice, and you can get good at it, and you can solve a Rubik's Cube yourself. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the kid ate too much aspartame. That's what I think. <laughs> is that your conspiracy theory? Yes, it is. Yep. <laughs> All right. Or he's been studying under Star-Lord. <laughs> it could be, too. <laughs> the guy who plays Star-Lord can the room cube in seven minutes. Wait, seven minutes? I'm saying it. I think it was about seven that's, minutes. That's a long time. <laughs> I mean, I, I think I that... He um, got it. What? I think it can I be solved in, in like thirty seconds, it. can't it? What, what's what's the what is the the quickest that the Rubik's cube has ever been solved? I mean, I don't know. Well, I think that would depend upon how badly it was messed up. If you rotate one of the planes one quarter of a turn to the right, and then rotate it back to the left, you can solve it in one second. In one second, okay. So I, I think of a, a completely messed up Rubik's cube. I think that I, I think that it can be solved in thirty seconds or less. I think it can too if you take it apart. What? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I, even Justin Bieber can do it. Take apart the white one, and then you could just use some white out. No one will ever notice. Oh, man. We got we to we find out. Uh, world <laughs> uh, record. 7.8 seconds. 7.8 seconds. Really? There you go. That's the time solved yeah, by yeah. Eric Akershugic. Don't ask me. He's 18-year-old solved the standard 3x3 Rubik's Cube in 7.8 seconds in the check open. There you go. See? Seven minutes. That's That's a long time. Seven no, point eight seconds. Uh, no, but uh, but uh, Madcat said that seven minutes. She was impressed with seven minutes. Hey, I can't do it at all. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> she might have been mistaken. Uh, well, I think that's it. Is anybody, do we have anything else? I think we're good. I think we're good. All right. I think we're good. Say good night, everybody. That's good another night. one in the can. That is another one in the can. At this time, I mean. <laughs> If you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time you're never getting back. But the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a 
Creative Commons, Share Alike, No Derivatives 3.5 license. Intro music by Peter Canold. Find more of Peter's music at soundcloud.com forward slash P-K-A-N-O-L. Exit music by OFM. Find more of their music at myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Board. Copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture.